0: I'm always uh, curious about who who thought to connect those two, the horse and uh, therapy.
1: So, you know, off, I actually did my whole capstone thesis on equine therapy. Off the top of my head, I think the first time that they used animals um, in psychiatry was in Europe. They had a group home type setting or a psychiatric inpatient type setting, and they started just incorporating small animals, dogs, cats, and found that it improved the the quality of life and the happiness of the individuals living mm. there. And then it kind of grew. And a lot of the animal-assisted therapies started out with dogs and cats because they were the most accessible. But really, horses offer a little bit more than dogs and cats because of their, like I said, emotional sensitivity. And then also because of the things that we require from them. So it's pretty straightforward to teach a dog to sit, lay, stay, and they might respond to that cue from somebody who's in an excited state, a sad state, a fearful state, because they know the cue. But a horse, the requests that we make are actually much more complex than just a cue. So You might do the cue perfectly, but if you don't do it in the right mindset and in the right emotional space, they Mm -hmm. won't they won't respond to it. So it really gives that detailed biofeedback mechanism. Also, just the aspect of riding a horse. in the attachment theory brings you back to this body sensation, which can kind of simulate the rocking that some people didn't receive um, Mm. as as a soothing, comforting experience growing up so it gives an opportunity to recreate that.
0: Oh, so this is kind of a bit of a laboratory for people to be able to adjust their behavior to get a desired result.
1: Absolutely. Okay. So and I've seen this work wonders. We're just kind of starting to utilize it in the practice that uh-huh. I work at, but I've been kind of on my own having just some volunteer People bring their, their children that were maybe troubled. I'm working with a boy that has ADHD mm. and, and peer issues at school. And then a, a little girl with autism. They're coming out and working with the horses. And That's super. It's been a miracle for for especially the little girl that mm. I'm working with. She's been doing it a little longer. But. So
0: what type of population is this, this generally most beneficial for?
1: So the major issue in, in equine therapy is the lack of solid research. And that's not because it's not, you know, qualified research. It's just that nobody's done it because mm-hmm. it's such a new thing. But in the research that has been done, we've found benefit in almost every one of the, the groups mm-hmm. that have been tested, specifically PTSD. So there's programs that work with veterans and also um Rape victims. There are ADHD studies that showed that showed improvement, um, anxiety, depression, and actually schizophrenia as well. That's the- a,
0: that now that is interesting, of course, to myself. So I, reading your capstone project, I catch the the autism, the ADHD, the things like that. But tell me about the tell me about the the schizophrenia, the PTSD, how that helps.
1: Well, in schizophrenia, obviously, a horse isn't isn't curative, as that's a long term psychiatric condition. But what they found is a lot of a lot of times these people are trapped in their minds, and even though you know another person might not be schizophrenic, hearing that's, things that's a telling
0: statement. Trapped in their mind,
1: exactly. I mean, we might we you and I might not be be hearing things, but if we get too attentive on our thoughts and lose track of the present moment, it can become overwhelming.
0: And I now I can see where the horses fit in because when people may be trapped in their mind and maybe have some thoughts that other people don't think is correct, uh, they can say those to the horse and the horse isn't going to tell them that they're wrong.
1: Yeah, and and actually, it even brings them out of their thoughts. So when we've been including horses in some of the groups that I've been running, somebody can interact with a horse 5, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, doing very simple maneuvers as far as equestrianism is concerned. But the whole time, they're right there. They're paying attention to that horse and what they're trying to get them to do. They aren't thinking about the future, the past, their thoughts, if their thoughts are real, if their thoughts are false, it just gives them presence in the moment. And as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the most effective things at getting people to be present in the moment, because I have seen people that can, you know, go do yoga and the whole time they're in the pose, they're just thinking about things that they're going to do later that day or things they didn't do yesterday. When you're with a horse, they really demand your attention to get the appropriate responses that you want from them. So you can just be in the present moment for a long period of time. And they're, they're again, the Zen master that keeps calling you back to that present moment. If you get, if you get distracted,
0: let's walk this thing through. So you bring a child in, are their parents with
1: them? Yeah, that depends. I mean, if a child needs parents for mm-hmm. reassurance, they can be okay. present. If, if not, it's really it's really between the child and the horse. The horse is the instructor, and mm-hmm. I'm the facilitator. Okay, so I'm present, making sure there's safety and there's guidance oh, sure. in the interaction. But but the magic happens just between the horse and the patient.
0: So I'm assuming that first off, you introduce the child to the horse, the name. Uh, you get the child can get close to it, maybe touch it, uh, maybe stroke it. Eventually, uh, so where did the, the you're going to have to really educate us as we're uh, have a mind of uncertainty about this, uh, whether they ride the horses, whether they pet the horses, whether they talk to the horses.
1: So there's actually a couple different schools of equine therapy and here again this is where research is going to, to lead us to great places in the future because we're going to figure out what seems to work best for what diagnoses and all of these different details that aren't quite clear. But there, there's a schooling called EGALA the Agala model doesn't include riding. It is predominantly a person coming in, meeting horses. They actually don't even learn the horse's name uh, in that model. They just want the person to have a total open experience mm. without any biased judgment of the horse. They guide them through a series of exercises that might be something like watching a group of horses in the field interact With each other in their own social environment and labeling maybe which horse's personality fits people in their own family.
0: Quite often what we do in these things is um, we consider that uh, the recovery work, let's say, doesn't place... Take place in my therapy room; it takes place outside of it, where they actually practice the skills that they've learned. Uh, some of the things that they found out about themselves. So, however, how does that work in your area? Because you're not taking, you're not sending them home with a horse. Uh, so, how do you, how do they reinforce what they've worked on with you? Let's say with an actual horse at home.
1: So the the horse is is a, you know, a a point of interest that keeps people's attention and also gives them feedback. But what it's creating is something that can be used anywhere, that calm, confidence, attentive to, to social cues that aren't mm. always verbal because really we, we give off a lot of body language as humans but we've just been taught not to pay attention to our own or other other's body language. Mm. So as you become more attuned and in that basically mindful state, it becomes easier to stay there and you, you see so much more.
0: So by helping them pay attention on purpose to the horse and with your guidance, then you can translate that into paying attention to purpose in different things, like maybe in class, maybe with friends, maybe with a parent, maybe to themselves.
1: Absolutely. And so in session, you might be using the horse as a metaphor to to gain insight for the person, you know, teaching them how to understand a little bit more about themselves. And then with that information that they gained, they begin to practice it not only, like I said, with a horse, but with everybody that they encounter and every situation that they encounter. It might be, you know, everybody comes in with their own strengths and limitations so somebody who's very fearful of of horses that doesn't necessarily contraindicate them for doing equine therapy that might actually make a really cool opportunity for them to learn to connect despite their fears so for
0: people out there who may be listening to this podcast and may be interested and say gee that's something that i think i'd like to get involved with how does one become trained in equine therapy, Sasha.
1: So here again, there are, are different certifying committees. So EGALA is the biggest one. And Jim, maybe you can even post links on your next to your podcast. Love to. people that are interested in this, I'll give you all the links. But EGALA is probably the biggest one right now. There's also Gestalt training. There's a, mm. an OK Corral series, which includes riding, but similarly <clears throat> follows the EGALA model besides that. Um, then there's a path is another um, certifying agency, so typically it involves a horse specialist, which is just an individual that manages the horse, a the trained therapist that is probably certified through one of those agencies mm-hmm. the horse, and then the patient. Occasionally, the horse specialist and the therapist are the same person, but in a lot of models, there are two people present for that.
0: That sounds uh, very exciting and something that uh, we're always looking for to open up possibilities. We always ask people to have a beginner's mind rather than an expert's mind. And it sounds like when they were referred to you as odd, uh, <laughs> they may have thought that you had an expert's mind. However, it sounds to me like when you walked into that barn, you you opened up doorways to possibilities and you developed that beginner's mind. How exciting was that?
1: Oh, it was amazing. And and they've re- I credit them for... The work that I do with people now because I was able to translate that calm, assertive energy and presence and and attention to things that aren't openly said to sitting with patients and and seeing them speak in ways that are not through words. And it's been absolutely amazing and I want to introduce more people to it. So if you have an interest in equine therapy, I would say absolutely try it. Equine therapy is a little bit better than, than just going and getting lessons on riding a horse because you really get the correct introduction and more of that whole mind-body-spirit interaction with a horse. Um, so I would suggest that, but even just being around the animals can be incredibly healing.
0: So not only does this maybe help you with your emotions in dealing with horses it's not only just for that it's for to open your world up and to transfer these type of skills and this type of mindfulness and paying attention on purpose through various avenues in your life and I know you well and I know that you've carried that beginner's mind out of that barn when you were a little girl into into your life and really explored that so if someone would like to get in contact with you maybe to get a little bit more information or how would they do that Sasha
1: I'd be happy to to give you my email and you can post it
0: we'll post that and actually what i think we'd like to do is we'd like to go on locations. that's uh, that sometimes so perhaps uh we could come out uh, you could get the fishing without bait crew out there and we could maybe film a session on and you could guide us through it and we could put that up uh as a video on our website which might enhance and educate some people into what what you do
1: yeah, I would love that. I think that'll be a, a great sequel to our conversation today. You know, really, what the horses allowed me to do and allow many others to do is, you might end up with a, a diagnosis or, you know, like me, just that label of being odd, but a horse doesn't <laughs> know that. <laughs> A horse doesn't know that and they don't really care about that. And so what Jim is always talking about is not looking at yourself as a label or a diagnosis, but seeing yourself as the whole person, the whole being. And looking at the opportunities that you have, maybe despite limitations, through your strengths, and that's what this is all about. It's taking it out of that cold office and putting you in a space that the sun shines, and you know the smell of horses there. Have you have you created? <laughs>
0: have you been able to create that scent to bottle it? Uh-
1: no, I, I. But I. I found out that I'm not alone in that.
0: Odie Barn. <laughs> Odie Barn.
1: <laughs> well, and again,
0: when we talk about when we talk about enhancing, enriching all the senses, okay, and for people, it's just a, it's a sensation and it's a scent. We attach our judgment to that.
1: Yes, definitely, and and positive association is there for me, and I think that's the. The love of it.
0: Well, this is great. I really love your positivity. I love your energy. I love to see you come alive. I'm wishing that everybody could see the smile on your face when you begin to talk about these things, and the passion and energy that you drive behind your forces.
1: Well, well, thank you, and and I love what you're doing here and giving people knowledge about all the opportunities that are are out there for them because. We don't often talk about opportunities. We talk about fears, and you're changing that.
0: So, Sasha, our story has definitely not ended. It only continues. And we're hoping that our path uh, soon is, if the weather ever cooperates, uh, perhaps our path could lead to your barn, and we'd love to participate in what you do.
1: I would love that. So we'll, we'll stay tuned. <laughs> until then.
0: Until then, we'd like everybody to stay tuned, to check out the links, and prepare yourself for our video adventures in the future. And as always, we ask you to forgive yourself, to forgive another. We offer our free prescription. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Unplug the television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste.